And I want to talk tonight about grow slow. I don't know about you, but some of us like to be really instant, don't you? My cooking is really good for pot noodle. I'm really good at pot noodles. Let me read you a few verses from the Bible. It's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And um, in this passage of Scripture, and if you don't know the Bible, it was Paul writing to his son in the faith. And he says this to him. You then, my son, be strong in the grace there is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you've heard from me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather he, he tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should first receive a share of the crops. Now reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. I wonder if you could watch the screen just for a moment. And uh, I just wonder if you could watch how a seed grows and whether it's instant or whether you think it grows slow. Forgive the music. I wonder if this is you. I wonder if God's watered you yet. This is actually a mustard seed. The Bible talks about mustard seeds. How many of you by now are saying, oh, come on, Pastor Mark, we get the illustration, hurry it up. Really, Pastor Mark, come on, we know what it is. Hurry it up. I wonder if that's you. So in about a month's time, a mustard seed kind of grows. And some of us watching that film were ready to finish before quite quickly because we got the concept. You know, after about seven days, you were thinking, yeah, 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 okay. And as a person, we, we, we kind of want instant results, but we know in our wisdom that we perhaps shouldn't always have them because we know that things don't work that way. And we'll say amen to pastors who will kind of say to us, oh, yeah, you've got to wait a bit and you've got to uh, think things through a bit. Uh, but there are three must-haves if you're going to ensure that you're going to grow deep and not shallow. Three must-haves. I want you to kind of sense whether or not you've given time for these three must-haves. Paul said to Timothy, he said, first of all, grow and be strong in the grace of the Lord or allow yourself time 
for the Lord to give you what he needs to give you and receive what you need to receive from God's strength. In other words, don't rush ahead to where you are in your faith. He said, Timothy, I want you to be strong in the grace of the Lord. Don't run ahead of it. Wait a little bit until that grace is strong in your life. Till you understand what God's doing for you. Be strong in the grace. In other words, put aside your effort and allow God to fill you with his strength. How do you do that? You do that by consciously saying, God, what should I be receiving from you now? Is there something from the Bible? Is there something from someone? Is there something that you want to communicate to me? Is there something in the grace of God that you're trying to put in my life? Timothy, be strong in the grace of the Lord. Allow yourself time to receive to what you need from God. I wonder if you're saying, God, I need it, I need it, I need it. And God's saying, I'm giving it, I'm giving it, I'm giving it. Give me time. Give me time. It needs to grow in your life. Allow yourself time to receive what you need from God and his strength. Don't rush ahead of him. Second thing that he said was, Timothy, entrust to reliable men uh, people who will also be qualified to teach. In other words, take time to share what you're doing with others. Are you a Lone Ranger Christian? Are you the sort of Christian that says, uh, lives by the motto, if a job's worth doing, you do it yourself. Have you ever said that to you, uh, to yourself? You know, when you, you're trying to show somebody and, uh, you know, it, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? It's just easier to grab the task off them and to do it for yourself, don't you think? Or, or am I, is it just me? Am I, this is a lonely platform at the minute. Somebody say amen, you know? Uh, sometimes what, what Paul is saying to Timothy is, Give yourself time to share what you are doing. Don't rush ahead and give yourself time to share some things out. I wonder if you're in any sort of relationship with anybody whereby you're showing them what to do and they are showing you what to do. Hello? Who's the loner out there? Who's the one that's saying, you know what? Nobody can teach me anything, and I don't teach anybody else anything. Or I love to teach everybody everything, but I don't want to receive from anybody else. You see, it's a must-have to share what you're doing. When you're teachable and you're a teacher, then God begins to work in your life. First must-have, be strong in the grace of the Lord. Give God time so you can hear him. Second thing is share, take time with God to do what you're doing. Third must have. He said, Timothy, join me in my suffering. In other words, he's saying there will be a cost that you have to deal with. Sometimes emotionally, as Christians, we don't want to deal with the cost that our faith is costing us. But actually, we want the blessings, we want the abundance, and all of that's good. But Paul said, hey, Timothy, you've got to join me in my suffering. There's a cost to your faith. Now, how many of you are a little bit disappointed in God? You know, that, that perhaps 
You didn't realize that to live this faith, there would be some, some tough times, some tests. You can't have a testimony without a test. It's kind of in it. If you take away the test, you know what you've got? You've just got a money. And there's a lot of Christians who they have got a money because they haven't got a test. You only have a testimony if you have a test. Do you see what I'm saying? Or am I not making sense? Who's with me? Okay. So three must-haves. Share, uh, be strong in his grace. Give God time to do what he's doing in your life. Give God time. Don't be a pot noodle Christian. Share in, in the mission. Just share with somebody. Get in a relationship with some people and suffer together. These things work on us so that we don't rush ahead too quickly and the things that God is trying to grow in our lives come out all wrong. You see, I want to go back to what I first said. God wants you to come out right. He, he, you you kind of think that sometimes that you're a bit awkward. Oh man, you know, as a teenager, I had that thing called dyspraxia. Does anybody know what that is? Uh, dyspraxia is where you grow too quickly. And so you don't know your own kind of uh, uh, dimensions of your own body. So you knock things over. Oh man, I was not in a bull in a china shop. I could break things in a cushion shop. I'm serious. I was so clumsy as a teenager. Uh, if you give me a cup, I'd knock it over. Uh, with the combination of my growth spurt and, and my eyesight, I was just breaking things all over. I was so clumsy. You know, I dug out a baptistry in a church one time. I literally, you know, we were building a church and on the very last thing, we'd laid the concrete and everything, I kicked a milk bottle. Now, for those of you who are of a certain age, you won't remember what a milk bottle is. You only know the carton and the plastic. Okay, but it used to come in glass bottles. How is that for a thought? Milk in a glass bottle. Does anybody remember those days? Anybody at all? You know, there's a certain group of people. Yeah, you remember that, don't you, sir? You know, well, I kicked a glass bottle and it spun up in the air and the pastor went, no, and he tried to catch it and it just brushed his fingertips and smashed in the baptistry. Can you imagine baptizing people? We baptize them and they get lacerated in the back. That would have been a great service, wouldn't it? We had to sweep it up and make sure it was all clean. But the thing is that you might think that you are someone who's not come out right. If you will allow God to work on you, if you will be strong in his grace and give him time, if you'll share with others, and if you will say, you know, there's a cost to being a Christian, then you'll come out right. But you've got to grow slow. You've got to let it come through. And it's unpopular preaching. I'm kind of an unpopular preacher right now because people want me to say, how's the Holy Spirit going to instantly do it? You see, if you allow these three must-haves, you must have the grace of the Lord working in your life. You must share 
with other people. You must allow some suffering in your life. Then you'll come out right. There are three roles, as well as the three must-haves. There are three roles in your discipleship that, that help you. If you work out these roles, they will help you develop. Let's just focus on them for a moment. Number one, it, we develop when we, when we have the focus of a soldier. This is what Tim, Tim, Paul said to Timothy. Um, but I want you to understand, when you think about soldiers, you think about that they are, uh, are going to focus on the battle. But actually, Paul says something really different to Timothy. Their focus is on a person, not on the battle. Look what he says. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. I would have thought that Paul would have said, don't get entangled in civilian affairs, keep your mind on the battle. But actually, he's saying, don't get entangled in the things that you shouldn't get entangled in, but keep your mind on pleasing someone. The focus of a soldier is, remove the distractions that are not yours to sort out. Now, sometimes people accuse me as the pastor of, pastor, you've stopped preaching and you've started meddling. But I want to say, don't meddle in things that are yours not to meddle in. You don't have to sort out every person's problems at your workplace. Oh, it's going to be so quiet in here. You don't have to sort out every single problem that confronts you. The emotional well-being of everybody on the bus is not your responsibility. Stop being a messiah and a rescuer, but don't get distracted in the things that you're not supposed to be involved in. We have to remove distractions that are not our job to sort out. So here we go. The first thing of the focus of a soldier is, is this my battle, Lord? I, I can see that it needs winning, but is it mine? And I just sense tonight, I was praying about this message uh, yesterday and thinking, I just need to say kind of, hey, stop fighting battles that aren't yours. You know, you've got enough for your own battles. Don't, don't take on everybody else's. And I know we're supposed to be super Christians, but don't fight everybody's battles. But focus on pleasing the person of God, not just sorting out issues. Have you ever met those type of Christians and those type of people? They want to sort out every issue, but they forget who we're trying to please. You know, they, they want to sort out every Bible query. They want to sort out every theological thing and every chorus and every song. They want to sort out things, but actually they want to sort out whether prophecy is good or not, but they forget, hey, who are we living to please? Now, it's not that we shouldn't be interested in things, but our focus should be, and Paul says it clearly, if you're going to develop focus on pleasing your commanding officer, Who's your commanding officer? Come on, tell me. Who, Jesus. Our focus should be on pleasing him, not winning every battle. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Amen. Maybe this is good teaching for absolutely, if you're not a Christian, maybe you're just involved 
in just too many fights and scraps and every issue. And your life is just bogged down. And Jesus is saying, come to me, take my yoke on you. You know, learn from me. It's light, it's easy. Give yourself a break. The second thing that helps us develop is that when we have the goal of an athlete, the first one is the focus of a soldier, pleasing the commanding officer. The second one is let's have the goal of an athlete. The goal is not just to take part and play fair, but to receive a crown. Oh, how many of you like being English? I like being English. But one of the things about being English is some of the English people in the room are going, "Uh, I'm not sure I should admit that I like being English. But you love being English, don't you? You know, I love love a good full English breakfast, but don't let's talk about food right now. You know, how many of you like being English? But one thing I think is weird about the English is they love just to take part and don't worry about winning. I'm thinking, what sort of team is that? Oh, we played well. I don't want the England football team to win the fair play award at the World Cup. I want them to hold the cup. I just got an amen out of Pastor Scott. I want the English rugby team to win the six nations and be commander of those six nations and win. Don't you? See, you're not into sport. Those Australians, they're just mean. How they win cricket. And that's just on the internet, and I hope it goes to Australia. But our goal is not to just play the game, but to win the crown. Serious moment. There is an eternity waiting for all of us. And the the thing about it is, is that if you don't live according to the rules, you can miss out on the crown. So actually, Paul, you know, even though I'm making light of it, put its high stakes. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete and does not receive the victor's crown, except that he competes according to the rules. Listen, church. We cannot cut corners on the things that Jesus said. There is a way of living. There is only one saviour. And if you aren't fully committed to him, are you going to win the crown? There is a way of running the race. Discipleship does have a shape to it. He did say, take up your cross. He did say, there is no other name under heaven whereby you must be saved. It isn't that any other God can save you, only Jesus. There are rules that unless you abide by them and unless you stop saying, well, that applies to everybody else, but God's kind of got a special arrangement with me. You know, in Proverbs, it says the definition of a fool is that he bends the light according to him instead of the light shaping him. The Bible says, and you'll develop absolutely properly when you compete to win the crown. I want to go to heaven. How about you?
I want to go there. I don't want to have a lost eternity without Christ. I want to go there. How about you? I know that you might have had things in your life where things have bent you. But actually, you've got to start saying, now, you know what, God, I'm going to come in to a relationship with you where I obey what your word says. I do what your word says. I receive the help that I need. I'm not going to cut corners. You know, actually, this message, I'm going to bring it down to three sentences. I'm going to ask you to say them after me in one moment. There is a goal and it's a crown. And we need to see that there is a reward at the end of life. How many of you want that reward? I'm saying amen if you want that reward. I want it. And so I'm not going to cut corners. I'm going to do exactly what he tells me to do. And it's not that I earn it. I'm going to throw myself on his grace and say, come into my life, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you. If we're going to develop and come out right, lastly, we need to develop. When we understand that we farm, we sow and we reap. We have the focus of a soldier. We have the goal of an athlete. And we have the activity or the hardworkingness, if that's a word, of the farmer. There's a reward right now for reaping and sowing. There's a receiving that goes along with the hardworking farmer. Paul said it this way, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. That means that in this life, God is going to bring things into your life. As you keep investing, as you keep sowing, as you keep saying, well, God, I'm, I'm living by faith and I'm pushing it out there for you. I'm doing what you tell me. The farmer is active and hardworking and she or he receives the things that are due to her and him right now. You see, I know this is a lame thing to say, but I'm not just waiting for pie in the sky when I die. There is some steak on the plate while I wait. I do believe that God brings some things into our lives now. And some of us think that, oh man, it's just all about struggle and then we get to heaven. But actually, Paul says here, the hardworking farmer receives things even now. So would you stand with me just for a moment? And I wonder if I could say to you, what do you need? As a hard-working farmer, what do you need? I'm going to ask you, what have you invested? There is a law in the spiritual world. There's a law in the natural world. Maybe we could show the plant going again. There's a law in the natural world where if you sow, you will reap. If you Keep thinking dirty thoughts, you will reap a foul language. Your language will be foul. Is that right? If you keep investing, the Bible says the works of the flesh or in your flesh heart, 
If you keep thinking bad thoughts about other people, you will reap broken relationships. If you keep bearing grudges and you sow that into your life, you will reap isolation. It will grow. It's a law. But if the hardworking farmer, because it's hard work sometimes, if you keep forgiving, people will come back to you. You won't be lonely. If you keep sowing thoughts that are excellent, your mind will begin to be renewed. It is hard working farmer. If you keep investing in that person who, who perhaps is hard work, eventually you're going to see the fruit for your, for your labours. If you keep sowing into the Spirit, you're going to get fruit of love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, forbearance, patience, self-control, temperance. You're going to reap some things, but you've got to grow slow. So I've told you six things today. I've told you, be strong in God's grace. Give God's grace time. I said to you, make sure you share. You must share. You can't be a loner. Stop wearing your mask and riding on the, the, a silver horse and saying, hi, whole silver and being a lone ranger. Stop doing that. Come into fellowship. Come into connection. Come under uh, some kind of good submission and authority. Do all of that, but that should never be pushing you down. And allow a little bit of suffering into your life. Have the focus of a soldier. The focus is please him. Have, have the goal of an athlete to win the crown. Stop cutting corners. And be a hardworking farmer who sows the right things into your life. Can you receive this from me? Is this like okay teaching? Do you feel like you're receiving something? Three sentences. You can wrap this, you, you probably might say, well, Pastor Mark, you could have saved us a lot of time if you'd have just said these three at the start. Here you go. Number one, remove distractions. Go and lift your hand with me and just say, God, I want to remove distractions. Stop meddling in business that isn't yours. Remove distractions. Number two, don't cut corners. Why don't you say that to somebody around you? Just say, hey, don't cut some corners. Don't cut corners. Don't cut corners. You know, there's lots of grace, there's lots of miracles, there's lots of power, but you know what? You can't cut corners. It's a long, hard road. But if you don't cut corners, it'll be all right. Remove distractions. Don't cut corners. Last sentence. Last thing I'm going to say. Work and invest. Sow some good things into your life. Don't be passive. God isn't going to hand it to you on a plate. He's going to hand you some soil. He's going to hand you some seeds. He's going to hand you some water. He's going to ask you to roll up your sleeves. He's going to ask you to plant. He's going to ask you to sow. You will receive a reward during this time, 
But as you sow, good things will come back to you. Cast your bread on the waters and it will come back to you. Amen. Oh man, I just feel like you should give somebody a high five and say, come on, sow a little bit. Go on. Come on, guys. Holy Spirit, would you speak into this fellowship right now? God loves you. God loves everything about you. And he wants to change some things about you. He's going to sow into your life. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. I just... I can just feel it right now that some people are saying, this is too hard. And God's saying, give it some time. Give it some time. Do the right things and it'll come out right. He wants you to come out right. Are you with me, church?